Hi there, and welcome to Cosmic Conversations Calm and Clarity. I'm Lily, I'm your host, and I'm so happy to have you here today. Let's dive right in. Well, hi there, and welcome to the first conversation episode on the podcast. I am super excited and proud to have my dear friend Nadia Varlin today as my guest. She is a magical businesswoman, a mother, a healer, and so much more, of course. And without further ado, let's jump right into our recording. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you'll enjoy our conversation. So today is a really exciting day, actually, because in today's episode, we have my dear friend here, um, Nadia Valin, who is also a very magical being and a very magical businesswoman in my eyes. <laughs> and I'm super excited to have a conversation with her and just get into her world and her knowledge um, and I'm very curious what she will share with us and where this conversation will go because we'll follow our intuition <laughs> which is um, very important to both of us but without uh, making this too long I'm just going to welcome you welcome Nadia I'm so grateful that you're here today with me Thank you. I think I'm more excited. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> Let's have a competition. <laughs> yeah. Who's more excited? <laughs> no, it feels it feels really, really fun. I love that you have your podcast that I'm invited to. I love that vibe a lot. <laughs> it feels so good. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Because side note, we last year we had a podcast together for a while because we created a platform that was really beautiful and very magical for the time being. Um, and yeah, so we had a little podcast together, but of course it was different. <laughs> yeah. And also I think that that whole like season of our life was a huge reason that we became such good friends because we had daily contact. And yeah, I really... I'm really grateful for that time and all of that, all that that gave us. That's true. Yeah, but that was a very, I mean, it was, I think it was meant to happen for so many reasons. And then we really intuitively felt that it was enough. And maybe one day we will come back to that, um, to the divine dive. But yeah, it brought us for sure much closer together, thankfully. Mm. And we gave great value to a lot of people as well. So it was. Yes. yes. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. But today <laughs> we will, first of all, um, I will give it over to you to introduce yourself because I will just keep saying you're so magical and you're so wonderful. <laughs> and you're so. <laughs> and you're so oh, what does that actually mean if I should translate <laughs> that you're so magical? Exactly. I would love you to tell us how, how you would translate that, um, who you are and where you are right now, maybe in your life and what you do. Um, and there was something, oh, but before we get into it, I felt like just taking a minute to just arrive for everybody, also for the ones who are listening, to just maybe close their eyes for a minute and take a deep breath and really just arrive in the space, um, arrive in the recording, in the listening, wherever you are. So just close your eyes wherever you are, or if you can't, then just... Maybe relax your face and let's take a deep breath together into the belly and let it fill your lungs and release. One more deep breath, deep into the belly. Filling you up till the top where we hold for a second. And then let go, release anything that doesn't serve you in and for the space right now. <laughs> 
Okay. Much better. <laughs> so, my dear Nadia, you are such a creative, uh, intuitive, and successful person. But what is it that you do in life? And what is it that your soul and heart really is on fire for? Thank you for asking that question. And thank you for grounding me also before having to reply. <laughs> I, In my grounding, I asked myself, do I see myself as magical? And, and the answer was yes. And so I asked again, so but why do I do that? What what is magical about me? Do I do I even get to say that I'm magical? Like, do I get to say that without saying we're all magical? But do I get to say that I am magical? Well, yeah, I, I do. And I was thinking, why am I magical? And then I saw myself, I have a dog, and I saw myself walking on the street with my dog, as I do several times a day. And nine out of 10, those walks are filled with gratitude. Now that is my default state when I have nothing else to do, like not a podcast or phone call, which I reduced a lot. My default is to go into gratitude and to live in a world where there's so much drama and stress, like knocking on like windows and doors and I don't know, Facebook apps. It's really magical to be grateful in default. Like that's, that's where I wake up. Uh, and then another part of that is that I come from uh, I come from a lot of limitation and pain, and I got two kids. And actually, already with the when the first one was born, I was like, oh, "Wait a minute! <laughs> if I'm gonna have a kid that will be looking back at his childhood and remembering it with love and gratitude, I need to change." So that was kind of my starting point to take myself seriously and take my joy seriously. And it brought me to so many different directions and explorations. And I think what it kind of led up to is that I realized that we're ever expanding. Like whatever we feel, we can have more of it. Like we can feel the love deeper or more. It can include more people or beings and situations and more parts of myself. And in having that mm, quest for life, it also invites me to explore freedom. Like, what is freedom? How? What is it to feel free? And how is it to live in this world with a lot of structure and control and expand the 3D freedom? Like, not only the, my experience, of my, uh, my sensation of freedom, but actually... What do I need to do to be able to move freely in this world and be able to make choices that comes from my desire, not only what I'm able to choose in between? Do you see the difference? So that really brought me to like my passion for who am I? And that's that came through intuition. Like, what wait, there's a there's a voice somewhere that I can connect to that will tell me what to do. <laughs> I want that. Oh, that was me. <laughs> I'm gonna listen. <laughs> you know, that's intuition. And then this freedom aspect revolves money. And that's how I got into this whole like I, I have a huge passion for money and how we relate to it and how can we learn to make more of it. And that's how I kind of understood that I need to learn business and all of these things. Yeah, it's kind of 11 years old, born with my son 11 years ago. <laughs> so I think like that's the recap of, and the, of course this includes so many things on a spiritual level, on an academic level. And yeah, it's there's so many things to this, but I think this is a kind of an introduction, I guess, to why I'm magical. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is for sure. And it's also a great intro because um, I felt into what our conversation should be about today because we are very good in conversation. Also just going into a conversation without planning it really and just pick up on that day's energy or whatever. Um, yeah, whatever comes to us. But today I really intentionally would love to at least try and start with the topic around money. First of all, because you are such an expert uh, in this field. Second of all, because it's also a very important 
topic in my life or what I have been working with and around a lot. And I just realized lately how much it has changed for me. Also, the fact that I feel free to talk about it because it used to be so coded in shame <laughs> and and many other negative energies. I would have never imagined myself sitting in a podcast recording and being like, hey, <laughs> let's talk about money and the healings and um, uh, the energy around it and everything. Also for, for women, of course, especially because I think, yeah, we're just opening up a world and inviting in new realms by by healing and learning new ways around this this powerful energy. Because we don't even have to try. I love to talk about money. Let's mm -hmm. talk about money. <laughs> talk about money. Let's see where it brings us. Let's see what um, you can share with us around it. Oh. Um, and just as a little base, I mean, you are, as you just said, you kind of combine which I love as well. I think it still is your Instagram name, uh, an academic witch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you combine these worlds, which I love. I love combining worlds. Mm. Uh, so maybe just a few words around what you actually also, as for now, you do for work on everyday basis. Yeah. There are a few yeah. things, but they all include kind of the topic as well. So yeah so since uh, 2018 I work as a debt advisor so I meet people in financial crisis and it's like in this area also from where I work it's very like they are already challenged like it's not like they can sell a car and a house and that would fix their situation because like they're so they're broke and broken generations many times or like they had a pretty decent life but there was some kind of fraud involved and like family drama or disease and like like there's a lot of things uh, I think Sweden in general we have it good like we don't really have poverty compared to other countries but we still have people living in really hard conditions and uh, so I get to see that but I do get to meet a lot of different people as well, even though like that are the dominant part. And what I realized that no matter if you were born in Sweden or Middle East or Africa or other parts of Europe, uh, or regardless of if you were uh, highly educated or could barely write your own name or personal number, like the, the first emotions coming into my room were the same like they felt shame walking in asking for help they felt shame sharing about their life and their issues and uh and their finances and so much shifted in the conversations uh when when I don't feed their shame I kind of allow them to feel their feelings and then I connect with them from an empathic point of view like I really want I generally want to help and I I don't judge them. I know they judge themselves, but I don't. And so much healing takes place in one hour just from that perspective that they are not judged by me. And that's so, so, so beautiful. And it's so beautiful that it's, that it's so similar, even though the background story to the situation can be so different. So, yeah, that's um, a huge part of my life and a huge part also of my, like, motivations because... I mean, I, I meet people that are suicidal. They have wives. Because this is actually most men that get suicidal over this, which I also think is interesting. But So they can have wives and children and a nice home, like, you know, roof over their head, their head at least, and still feel like they're not enough as a husband and a father that because of this situation, that, like, people would be better off without them. And then, I mean, mostly so far, thank God, they changed their point of view after a conversation because they haven't just allowed themselves another perspective, which I invite them to. And then, like, it's inevitable. It is, it's there. They cannot unsee the other perspective. And thank God it becomes stronger than the first one. Um, so it's like so much can change after a conversation. So much can change in a person from releasing shame 
and then go back to my own quest for freedom and love for life like what else is possible for everyone you know so um yeah it's i love i love it it's huge it's beautiful i don't think before i met you i knew that this kind of position in such a positive way existed i i Mm. I for sure thought about that in banks or you know there are people who will kind of (laughs) Mm. but yeah so this is a super hard english word that i hate to try to pronounce but it's called like the municipality oh yeah i know yeah yeah Yeah, so that's like who is hiring me so it's tax money that pays my salary and uh, people come to me for free, which is great because they don't have any money. Yeah. So it's a beautiful service that we provide and I'm very grateful to have this experience. Yes, yes, it is It is very special. I love that. But you are also, I mean, you also have your own company. Yeah, I do. And so with this, uh, actually this... So having two kids alone and wanting to change my perspectives around life and money, I had to do something else because my salary wasn't enough. Like, and now we're talking like years back, of course, my salary grew with time, but it wasn't a lot that I had to move with. And so I decided to have intuition courses online Uh, when the kids were sleeping Mommy had fun in front of the computer, (laughs) earning money. (laughs) And it was so fun, but only for a while. And then I felt like, oh, this is not, I cannot do this again. Oh, what am I supposed to do? And then, um, as we haven't said in this podcast yet, but I have uh, some kind of intuitive or psychic abilities. So I also offered uh, healing sessions and animal communications. And I was trying all these different things. And I, I loved it all, but I didn't feel like this is what I can trade my day work with because it's not that much more fun or, you know, have that much more purpose. And if I'm going to change, it's going to be magical like because I really love my day job. So I, I, can, I don't I don't want to rush it. But so I've been trying all these different things to kind of find myself as a person with a business, a business owner. And and now I think I'm finding my ways, really. Things are unfolding this spring in a way I haven't seen them before, which is really interesting. So now I'm in Swedish radio, which is super cool. I did not go after it. It kind of found me. And also that gave me an opening to be on TV, which was really fun. And I will um, take a few days to kind of... Um, pitch myself like create a pitch deck and pitch myself to the people at tv because i think that will benefit me a lot to be there more because i had a lot of fun doing that and so now my work is aiming in a way to combine this of like finding yourself and growing your business and uh, love get to love your money that you have and the money that you will receive so and of course doing it from a very uh oh that's a energetic stagnation let's take care of that and then go and do the real like practical things so it's very much like combining worlds that's exactly and that's how we end up with the academic witch (laughs) (laughs) thank you for sharing yeah i hope so now everybody gets a little bit of a better understanding just where you're coming from um and what i forgot to say in the beginning which makes me even happier to have you here is that um yeah you're from Sweden you are in Sweden and also your content is in Swedish because that's yeah. where you of course that's where you live and that's what works best for you um and I'm just so excited to have this episode in English with you because yeah I think it's just amazing to you deserve it yes. <laughs> I've been translating your Instagram post now for too long I had enough <laughs> I am I do send Nadia for sure once a month, like a sad message. <laughs> I'm trying to translate them all. I can't. I don't understand, but I feel their energies. <laughs> yeah, no, I will. Like tw- 2027, I might switch to English. I don't know why, but that's what I keep on hearing. So 
Okay. Oh, we'll see, or, or at least that I will work international in some way. So we'll see what that means. Um, I'm going to stay 2023 for today. All good, all good. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll just invite you more often. And um, yeah, you do share yeah. some little things in English. So for everybody who also wants to follow Nadia along, there is stuff in English as well. Just mainly, yeah. of course, she's staying uh, with Swedish. But... um. What, let me phrase this um, the best way. I would like to ask what you think of money. I know it's a very broad question. Um, how you see money as an entity or as an energy? Is there any way that comes to you how you can describe it from your, in this case, more probably psychic um uh view uh no i would maybe maybe it is but i haven't seen it but from my perspective now i would say that money is an extension of you so whatever you are and whatever you come with that's how money will show up and whatever you take care of energetically that's how money will change um so i wouldn't see it as its own consciousness Maybe it is, but that's not how I perceive it. No, no, I love that. That's what oh. yeah, I hear what, how you see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and why? Because I by now it's so interesting because you come from you spoke about your work and um, that people who have lost so much and who are really like in a yeah in a very hard financial situation that they come to you and that you see that I on the other hand have actually seen the past years so incredibly many people enter my life or just pass by who are actually very well taken care of financially like they have very good backgrounds they don't actually have a in this moment as you could say any struggles and still they struggle immensely with the topic of money And I think for me, it was by now I see it as kind of a message from the universe and reminding me that it's at the end of the day, it's really all within, like you can still have the, like everybody has some kind of a struggle, no matter actually, maybe no matter what their 3D reality is and that we carry this within. And just because I would, I don't know when the lottery would mean that my inside um things would just be fixed no. so you have to fix that first uh in a way and what i'm what i'm kind of wondering is that how is it that we almost everybody has some kind of an issue with this with this topic in very different variations of course but i don't know if i could pinpoint to anybody in my life um where i'm like They're totally fine. Maybe a little percentage, <laughs> but like, you know, mainly. Yeah. And by that, I don't mean that their bank accounts are fine. I mean. No, emotionally. Relationship with, emo exactly, emotionally, their relationship energetically. Mm. Um, so I think it's such a great mix of different things. So we'll see if I can weave in all the different threads of possibilities. But we do have like this history of, And it's not only history, it continues also now, but of rich people abusing money and power on the cost of others to gaining more. So we have that as a, that that is a collective consciousness. Like that's something that is very real. And then we have uh, um, the money as a tool for survival. And like, it's so important that we have this or else I can't feed my children or else I can't pay my landlord or else this will fail or, you know, it's very tied to survival. So, of course, that is stressful. And especially like before, like generations before us, they actually had to work really hard to survive. And also in other parts of the world, of course, that's still today. But if we uh, have the conversation around our culture, we're where you and I grew up in and live in. Mm, we come in with so much history of power abuse, of poverty, of hunger, of 
fearing of losing things and and we don't since there's so much shame around this like we have this idea of what an adult should be like and what an adult should have like house car um, house by the lake and uh i don't know you should be able to travel two times a year one time to a ski resort and one time to the sun and like we have all these ideas of what an proper adult should be like and and coming with histor historical trauma and then like family generation trauma like what happened to your mothers fathers whatever with money like is there a, a deep traumatic thing like did someone have to escape a country and leave everything behind is there a wound there that no one ever took care of because we didn't talk about the relationship with money so we have all these historical and collective things and we have like each individual journey that just carries along. And we just think that it's normal to be stressed about paying the bills. We we just think it's normal to be mad about whatever becomes more expensive. And we don't think that we have more power to either change our circumstances or our inner responses. We just follow this automatic, what's been given to us. So I think that's the problem. Like there's so much unresolved trauma. And we don't acknowledge it because the conversation is starting now. Yeah, it's also such a great explanation, actually, why it's maybe someone who had it very easy in this life and has it very good financially, but you don't know what their ancestor maybe went through and maybe that those wounds are yeah. still carried on and triggered by, by things. In and let's life. say uh, your parents had it really well financially and they gave you everything that you needed like we're not talking about like a super spoiled situation but you you just got everything and then you became an adult and had to deal with it yourself but no one taught you really how no one taught you really how or maybe someone told you this is how you should handle your money and you learn how to budget it but no one taught you how to be in tune with your heart so you never budget from your heart like budget is such a um, like word that is uh, associated with shoulds or don'ts when a budget could be a reflection of your values like this is how I want to live my life so let's budget my money so it supports my life not to be a good girl and keep my costs low and put a lot of things in the savings like how do you actually want to live can your budget reflect that and if not what do you have to change so that the budget can reflect your dream life in a few years so mm -hmm. Yeah, no one taught you how to use money or earn money or create more money. And no one taught you to connect with your heart. I think it goes so, hand in hand. Yeah, to connect to yourself, to your heart, and then to connect to this to this mm. money. You have so many creative people who here's like, oh, you cannot make money from selling paintings or making paintings, but people are doing it. So stop saying that. Like, allow people to connect with their heart and try also all those limitations put on you by others like I could come up with like at least 10 sentences that was told to me my whole entire life what I cannot do uh, because that would keep me poor and it's like but there are people out there who make millions with that what do you <laughs> mean actually why did you put that into my head <laughs> yeah I know yeah. yeah and it's a strive for safety like take the safe route then you will be fine like we're so afraid of failing, we're so afraid of risks. And for some reason, we are not in a culture where it's okay to be a beginner again and learn. Hmm. So I don't know. Money could be a practice, like not a like a result of this is you being a good person or a bad person. Like it can be a practice. Like I still don't keep my budgets that I make because I'm over ambitious in what I want to create with my budget. And then I'm still very impulsive in my everyday life. Uh, what, what can I do? Yeah, I can practice. I'm not going to give under and say like, oh, I'm such a horrible person. I will never learn. No, I'm like, okay, I, obviously I want to spend more money. So let's continue to practice to earn more money and also to hold more money. If I talk about saving, I get bored and I kind of soon out for myself. But if I see it from the perspective that I want to learn to hold more money, then it feels more exciting to be because it's like holding more energy, holding more life force, holding more joy, holding more love. Like, yeah, I can hold that. Uh, but save, 
for a rainy day. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> rain in my life. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> I also love inviting the freedom that you can kind of make your own rules in a way, like to make up your own world, words and worlds, of course, as well. Yeah. But that you don't have to use this. I'm also not a saver, but if you, I don't know, I have to find my own yeah. just meaning of that. Um, yeah. Like you do. Too. I have a colleague in the but in the academic world, the budget and uh, debt advisor world. She doesn't say budget. She says financially planning. Mm. And I like that a lot because it doesn't really have any associations with it. Yeah. Hmm. Financial planning. I mean, it, may, it means the same thing. Yeah, just find your own word, whatever, like, mm. feel good about it. Also, like, mm. feel good. All righty. Oh, so something that I also noticed now already, but um, anyhow, I wanted to ask you as well about is the, is this whole thing with shame. Like there's really, it's so connected to this topic. Like it's, feeling shame and admitting that you maybe made mistakes around money, feeling shame about when talking about money, feeling shame when wanting more money. I feel like it just comes from every side. <laughs> um, it's so deeply connected to this. What is your experience with maybe your personal ex experience with shame or in general, why it is so connected? And yeah. Um. Good question. I feel like um, it's not necessarily every individual that has their major issue that is shame. Like I really see a huge variation, but I would say that, um, I mean, I, I'm not really sure, but it feels like if we have something in our culture that we are unused to speak about, it is covered with shame. Like we have the same thing around sexuality or like also like love can be such a thing that now we're independent women, we don't need anything. And like, oh, but I actually really want love. Like, am I allowed to want it? Or like in this feminist culture, we're like, yeah, power up, I'm gonna work and I'm gonna do this and this, but I actually want to be at home with my kids. Am I allowed to want this? Like every time we're kind of, doing something that is not part of the mainstream narrative or conversation there is a sense of a shame attached to it like who how will I be perceived when I'm honest about these things um so I, I'm not really sure that's just one thing that came to my mind as you asked the question but then one other thing is that we can look at like what's behind the shame like when that's out of the system what happens then well from a chakra point of view like we tend to store a lot of shame in the lower part of the body which is the place for our creativity and our intimacy like also like not necessarily with someone else but also with ourselves so if I dare to be really intimate with myself what do I want and not only what do I want but what do I want to create like the creative part like, I really want to create opportunities for me to earn more money. Like, I mean, it's so, like, I would say that the solution is behind the shame. I, I cannot really say why the shame is there. Oh, maybe we have the seven death sins. Like, you shouldn't be greedy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we have search, like, church or, like, other cultural aspects that have been telling us that we shouldn't want things. We shouldn't want things. We should be modest and satisfied with what we have. I don't know possibly things like that and then another thing I heard I can't remember who said this because it was someone and I, I quote it all the time so I should really find out who said it but someone a woman in Sweden said that women are not allowed to be hungry we're not allowed to be hungry for food we're not allowed to be hungry for a career we're not allowed to be hungry for sex. We're not allowed to be hungry for money. And I think that is such a like, whoa, wait, it's not only about one topic. Like the energy is the same that gets projected into all these different life topics. Like we should be hungry. Like that's the solution. Let, let us be hungry and have a feast of life. Yeah, it's um, as you just said these things, I immediately thought of like, 
we shouldn't be, but we should be available for all of those things. Mm. We shall be available to make the food. We shall be available to <laughs> have sex with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so hmm. it makes a lot of sense when you say it, it, of course, comes from like a deep and old society pattern and also from the church of course because it was a huge part of uh, building this society that we live in mostly now Hmm. and it's like really if you don't if you don't fit into it's a mixture of fitting into the specific pattern that they wanted us to all fit into um and like really putting us in a cage and controlling our desires Hmm. Yeah, that's the result. I mean, if that was the intention, we don't know, but that yeah. became the result for sure. For yeah, sure. A lot of shame when trying to break out of it. Mm. No matter actually in which category, <laughs> but yeah. in a category when you kind of feel a deep desire that you want to live differently, um, it feels, feels shameful to admit that. And to kind of step out into the world and do it differently. I mean, of course, we're changing all of this now, but like the root, um, mm. the root movement and energy, yeah, makes a lot of sense. And the and the shame of wanting more money, uh, that can also be like it doesn't have to be shame necessarily that I'm entering the space now. It can also be like the fear of wanting more money or like. Who am I to do that? Or like, if we have, if we have to think, if we have issues with wanting more, we have to think about what does more mean to us? Like, what's the associations around that? So if I, if I don't allow myself to want to become a rich person, even though maybe I want to be rich, like, what do I see a rich person to be like? Maybe we had one uncle or an aunt or whatever who had all this money, but was such a nasty person. Or maybe we heard stories about this rich, ugly people that wouldn't care about anyone else. They're so self-absorbed about blah, blah, blah. You know, we heard all these stories and we don't want to identify like one of those. So let's stay poor and kind. Like we have this (laughs) whole ideas of who is what. And like money is not going to make you an asshole if you're not already an asshole. And if it turns out that you go on a quest to have more money and you you realize that shit i'm not behaving good now you have the power to change it <laughs> so yeah it, like, elevates, it elevates everything you are and like stretches yeah. that yeah, yeah that's a very important part for me to understand because i also grew up with all of these <laughs> stories of how terrible very rich people are and that they for sure did something wrong to end up that rich because you cannot mm. get to that point uh without actually being a criminal or a bad person mm. yeah yeah which is not true and also like now when we live like i'm gonna sound so i don't know old when i say i think people sound old when they say this but it has to be said like now when we live with internet like we have internet available like <laughs> oh my god we can do anything like i i make money now with very few costs like before, if I would want to open it, like what still people do, like they want you want to be a hairdresser or have a store or whatever, you need to pay for the space that you're in. What do I have to pay for now? Zoom and my phone bill. <laughs> like it's not huge expenses. It works. And there's so much information available. Like I can learn so many things about, about how to sell in a good way, how to market myself. And there's so much information. You could just go on YouTube and learn how to sell an ebook or how to create an ebook or whatever you want to do. Everything is available. And and of course, then if you're afraid of failing, so you don't even try. Hmm. Yeah, that's a blockage. If you're afraid of changing, it's also going to prevent a better change. Um, so like there's all these things. So we have to look at the inner world. Like what is preventing us for because all the opportunities are here and I'm, I'm talking about you and me in this context of the world so we have the capacity what i just loved right now and maybe if it if it feels right to you if not you of course don't have to but i love that you just started giving a bit of examples of what the blockage could be because i think so many of us are 
not at all in tune with our blockages and it's also really hard so and even if you're in tune we also another one that comes up um, at some later point could you maybe name a few of the classic or whatever comes to you what you just began actually uh, listing because I love that I was like oh yeah good reminder oh maybe somebody who will listen will have Uh, a little bit uh, wake up for themselves or just a reminder or whatever resonates um, yeah, in the end of this year, I um, I thought I was going to do like a 30-day or like uh, whatever, a few times a week, I would make a, a post on LinkedIn to share a money block. Mm-hmm. So I sat down like for a weekend to brainstorm a few ideas and maybe finish some articles and... Uh, I kind of wrote down like 91 potential money blocks. I tried to find that list now, but I didn't find it. But yeah, so like there is a lot. And what I realized is it can be overwhelming to get like all those blocks in your face. So I think to name a few is a good idea. Please, please do not list 91. Yes, (laughs) all the amazing. (laughs) And we don't have all of them, obviously. So but I do think fear of change is so important because it will, if we're afraid of changing, we will do the best we can to stay safe. And it's really hard to evolve if we want to stay the same. And that can be very subconsciously. And it, it can be hard to, in the beginning, to identify with these things. So I think to uh, perceive this with, with a sense of curiosity is the best thing we can do. I don't uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to talk into your list. It's already mm. amazing. But in general, like the topic of safety, I think pretty much all of us. Yeah, should. and not necessarily, though, because but, it's also really nice to be safe, you know? I mean, I mean, the topic of um, safety that you might be missing doesn't have to be with uh, uh, money. But yeah. the safety that, okay. that like, we don't feel safe. That we don't feel safe. If it's in relationship, yeah. if it's regarding money, like survival, whatever, I think it's 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 something that for sure everybody should maybe tap into yeah. and have a block. Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the more safe and secure we can feel, um, the better for like every reason available, of course. Um but yeah, so Anywhere you're not safe, take care of it the best way you can and be kind to yourself because it might be a journey, but that's so, so true. Mm -hmm. But another blockage that came to my mind is somewhere also very often subconsciously that we don't want to be more successful than our parents because then our parents might feel bad that they weren't better for us. Wow. That's a huge one and a common one and often a sneaky one. Mm -hmm. Um. And then we have this saying, I'm sure everyone listening heard this before, don't forget where you came from. Oh, you heard about this woman, she traveled here and there and she made all this money. Now she thinks she's someone, you know, (laughs) growing growing up hearing all these things about someone's success story as a negative thing. And remember where you come from, like, you know, like... I don't know if it was bad you don't have to stay there <laughs> you know so this kind of sense of obligation that you're not allowed to change because surroundings want something else mm-hmm. um and I think obligation overall can absolutely be a block that you are way too loyal to your employer you're way too loyal to I don't know someone who needs you who refuses to take care of themselves or be responsible for themselves like one super common thing about my clients at the debt advisor work is kindness where themselves are not included so like everyone is like over givers or have this kind of co uh, co-addictive personality type that you uh, codependent codependent so you care more for the people around you than yourself so it's like yeah i can pay this for you i can pay this for you oops i don't have money left for me like that's such a big one people pleasers like really see like where does your wallet tell you like your finances tell you that you're a people pleaser like start to say no and keep your money for yourself doesn't make you greedy so the fear of being greedy is another one I I have so many and this is also very common for men 
that make mo more money than their wives or partners and they want to be the generous provider and they're afraid that if they say no uh, they're going to be perceived as greedy and they don't want to be that because maybe their dad or someone was greedy and they don't want to be the same so they have this first kind of reaction that they want to be the opposite of a negative trait with that their parents had and that makes them not generous from a, an authentic point of view they're generous out of fear mm -hmm. uh, so which is a huge thing um and uh, it's and that creates like of course a negative dynamic energy in in the relationship of course where you don't respect your boundaries so how can anyone else respect your boundaries it's like really bad sex but in money like it's <laughs> conversation is so important yeah <laughs> um yeah very good ones and the idea just some people have the idea that they're bad with money like that's a personality trait i'm bad with money well no you're not but now you're behaving bad around money which you can change. you have been telling yourself that for 40 years of course you believe it and your subconscious yeah. will match your reality anyhow to that yeah. and i think i would end this list with a really important one and one of my favorites which is could be a block but also an opportunity and it's that we tend to overestimate what's possible in a year and then we get really disappointed that we didn't fix all these dreams or whatever but we underestimate what's possible in three years or five years and like many tiny steps can really create a huge shift but you have to be willing to be persistent and in our time where we can just like oh i don't like what's on netflix let's check check hbo max so like you know we have all these abilities to change things fast so i think we have to practice even more to be persistent and continue and let time do its thing because manifest like energy is a real thing but for all the energy to manifest in this real world as material opportunities and clients and money like things has to add up mm. we have we cannot be so quick like everything takes its time in a way it's it's important and then also like sorry one thing leads to another but also not be too um attached to the idea of time mm. so Put your vision board on six months, but who cares? Put your vision board on 10, 10 years, but who cares? Be open to universe working out faster um, if you're ready for it and if you want it. It's okay. You don't have to control time. Yeah. So if somebody is listening and they feel like they feel it's time that they embark on their own journey um, with money, and maybe healing some things or clearing some things for themselves and um yeah letting their dreams enter their life and hopefully coming true what would you advise or like intuitively what guidance would you give that just comes to you right now where to start how to begin what are like what are the mm. things that you would just give someone as an advice to on their journey or to yeah if they are readers or open to listening to books, like there's so many books on the topics, so I will give my three of my favorites. Um, the Richest Man in Babylon is a really short book, but it's so good. And I, I read it and I did highlights and I will read it again several times. And it really um, gives me, at least, a new motivation around it budgeting as we spoke about earlier so and I just read recently and it was so insightful I really loved it uh, a second one is particularly not the best book I've read but the concept is great and it's called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks and I could we could have a podcast episode just about his concept because it's brilliant it's really brilliant and basically it's about uh, that we have like our mm, like our lowest kind of standard that we would allow ourselves to go to like our bottom before we would have the motivation to change 
And we, at the same time, we have our highest, like if we take it to savings account, like we have this idea, that, or not even idea, but we managed to save up to this amount of money. And for some reason, we have to use it. So it never raises that bar. So we have a maximum and a minimum of if what we allow in our life. And we are able to change these like lowest and highest points. Mm. Um, so that's really interesting. And then my favorite book that I've read two or three times, and I will continue to read it several, several times. And this is particularly for the ones who feel inspired to create more money. So if you're like me, that uh, budgeting feels a little bit boring, but how can I make more money? So it gets easier to budget because the fact is it is easier to save money if you have more money. It's really hard to save when you're living on really small margins. That's just facts. Uh, but then it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. It's such an amazing book. I love it. And I th think the best way is to read it from um, a curious point of view on how can I, what can I do with this mentality? How can I change my mentality around possibilities? Because the first time I read it, I couldn't change it, change anything in my life. I couldn't apply anything besides one question. And the question was, how how can I make this happen? Instead of just saying, oh, I cannot afford it. Oh, okay, how can I make this happen? So even with my kids, I don't tell them, oh, we cannot afford it. I say either we have to use our money smarter or I say, okay, let's think about how we can afford it. Mm -hmm. So I never close the door. Or that's my intention at least. I'll probably do it sometimes, but yeah. So if you're open to books, like that's a great source and that's those three I would definitely recommend. And if you don't want to read or listen to books, but rather explore yourself, I would say just self-observe throughout the day. When do you stress about spending? When do you stress about spending? Is it paying bills? Are you stressed when the uh, the emails come, like emails, what is it called? The posts come to your door. Um, do you get stressed when you pay the gasoline? Do you get stressed for paying for ice cream or like ridiculous stuff or, but you feel very comfortable buying expensive jewelry? Like how, how are you reacting? And can you then bring in peace and love and forgiveness to your reaction? So can you take care of your inner child or your generational trauma or whatever is showing up? Can you take care of that in your everyday life and bring in gratitude for the possibility? Like, okay, yeah, the gas got really expensive, but can you be grateful that you actually have a car? that you actually have a driver's license, that you actually have somewhere to go. Like not even, people don't even have, there are people that are so lonely that they don't even have anywhere to go. Like, can you be grateful for what you actually have? Can you see the gifts that your life's come with? Or are you like blind for being not enough and just wanting more? Like that's such a disease. Um, so really bringing gratitude for what you have. And from a law of attraction point of view, that's going to bring you even more things to be grateful for. So I mean, and then which also like really uh, creates a great circle of this podcast because your first question was, why are you magical? And I was talking about gratitude and here we are, like that's a full circle. <laughs> Perfect. Also because I didn't, I kind of forgot to say um, because we went into the conversation so well, but when you mentioned gratitude in the beginning, my heart just went really had to beat faster because I was like wow just yesterday I had a moment with myself where I was like I really lack gratitude lately and I like I really snapped out of myself because I was like oh why am I in such a mood and I was like Lily you have not been looking around and being grateful for every little thing that is happening for you every single second lately you mm. need change that again because I sometimes it's a training you know sometimes you yeah, get scrambled by life and get out of it and 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 that's okay too like this is a human experience we get to be humans <laughs> of course and this is it this is the awareness that we're training that you actually grab yourself at some point and like hey something is different I can like my feelings have shifted why yeah <laughs> myself and see and this was just so beautiful today because this is the perfect not just reminder but like an initi initiation for me to mm. yeah, to be inspired by you and be reminded to get back to it because there is just an endless amount of things to be grateful for if you're sitting here and 
um, are healthy and alive and sitting in a room with a roof over your head and mm. having someone to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's so, so, so true. And I think also about my day job, meeting all of these people, it really gave me a deep sense of no matter what happens, my life is good. No matter what happens, my life is good. Like I can be super sad, angry, emotional, scared about things, but underneath it all, my life is good. And I can have that deep sense of gratitude for that, I think, because I've seen so many others having truly nothing. And then, of course, I meet people who are ungrateful and they can't see what they have. I have seen it all, but or a lot. But yeah, we, we really have a lot. And I think it's a beautiful practice to um, remind ourselves of that. And even if you only have a little, then you at least have that. And as you... You have somewhere to live. You have yeah. someone to talk to. There's always something to find that you can be grateful for. Yeah. No matter... Oh, matter. if we have time, I can do... Yeah. So when I started my quest for freedom, I didn't have a job. I lived on another country where I didn't have friends really and uh, I was in a relationship that wasn't the best and uh, yeah my my experience of freedom was very 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 limited but so I had listened to some very inspiring love attraction thing on YouTube so I was thinking I have nothing to lose I can just give it all and so I started with I have freedom to breathe how deep I want to. I have freedom to think, have my own political opinions. I'm free to take a walk. And that was my gratitude list to begin with in my quest for freedom. And, and that is really like, wow, it, it is an inside job. It is an inside job. And then the expansion continues. Like, And then I realized after a while, like, wow, I have more choices to do that will expand my sense of freedom but I'm afraid to make these choices because it will have some consequences due to how I live now but it kind of grew so yeah what really start with what you have hmm. yeah and it is an inside job this is also something that comes full circle now in this conversation no matter where you are what you have it is always an inside job hmm. where you come from and then at some point, the inside will be like forcing you to take action. Of course, what's inside has to, at some point, it has to uh, turn into the outside. Yeah. But also with a little dedication, as yeah. you said before. Exactly. Is, dedication is needed, giving it time is needed. Um, and not just because first time around something doesn't work out, be like, oh, this is, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> it was it wasn't meant to be like yeah. that that's there are some spiritual phrases that we can hide behind mm -hmm. uh if it's meant to be it will happen you gotta move your ass my dear friend <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah so well well, mm -hmm. well, well. Uh, thank you nadia so much for spending time with me and sharing so much of your wisdom and just intuition and knowledge here thank you it was a blast and time is always flying by i know we could we're just getting warm actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just begin but maybe at some point we can just have uh, another episode where we just continue or dive into of course so before i let you go um maybe you would like to share where we can see more of you or hear more of you even though it has to be translated maybe <laughs> yeah well i i mean i am my name is nadia wallen so you find me most easy on instagram and i think uh, if you listen to this episode and have some follow-up questions don't hesitate to send them and we take it from there um and then hopefully they will get to know me more through your podcast <laughs> that will be the source for a while now yeah and we can also find you on linkedin right like the classic yeah. pages you are yeah. everywhere i will of course tag her in the show notes so you can just click there and yeah but maybe i just have to invite her all the time <laughs> all the time 
Uh, yeah. I was I was loving this conversation. It was a lot of fun. And I love having you as a host. I love you as my first official guest. It was my honor. Yeah. And is there any one sentence that you would like to leave with? Like if you close your eyes and just let something come to you, is there anything? It can also be just a goodbye or a wishing you well or anything that just most intuitively wants to maybe be said in the space um, as a closing of this circle. Mm. Yeah, then I would say um, increase the possibilities for laughing and joy. Mm. And it could be like following silly things on Instagram or um you know just feed yourself with joy because that's uh, such a great energy to live from and get inspired by so connect with joy so beautiful thank you for the reminder i love thank that. you so much thank you again and see you soon <laughs> bye bye <laughs>